Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Dynasty After Dark. I'm your host, Calvin Timms. You can find me over on Twitter at TDC underscore Calvin. And I'm very excited today to bring you the newest host of the podcast. I've been talking about this for a little while. I've been looking for someone to join me. And Dale is one of my best friends in real life. And he's been uh, someone that I've shared a bunch of leagues with. I share a team with him. And it uh, just kind of made sense to bring him on the podcast. You know, we always have good conversations about fantasy football, and he's got a lot of great insights, and I think that he'll be a great addition to the podcast. So everybody out there that listens to the podcast, go give Dale a follow, HailDale388 over on Twitter, and I'm excited for him to join us going forward. And if you guys haven't seen just yet... I have been putting out the content on YouTube with all of our top 12 dynasty tiers um, for all the different positions. Today is going to be the last position. We got the tight end tiers and the wasteland that is tight end. You definitely want to hear what we have to say about these top guys here today. But make sure you're going over to YouTube, finding the content over there. Please, while you're there, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the video or wherever you're listening to the podcast. If you can leave a comment or a five-star rating, just helps the podcast, and we truly appreciate it. So with that said, Dale, how are you doing today? I am doing great this evening. Uh, I, I'm, I'm very excited to be on with you and very excited to talk about the murkiness that are the tight ends in Dynasty. All right. Sounds good. So from the picture here in the startup screen here, you can definitely tell who our number one guy is going to be. And as we jump into it, the tier one for the tight ends in a tier of his own is going to be Kyle Pitts. And Kyle Pitts is a very young player right now. Um, If you look at his actual age, he's someone who is only 21 years old. He's been in the league for a whole year, so I think he turns 22 this season. And this guy is just a monster. So break it down. Why do you have Kyle Pitts up here in a tier of his own? Uh, Kyle Pitts, he is just a physical freak. He is just bigger, stronger than anybody else that is really in the tight end position right now. Uh, He's... He's more of a wide receiver than he is a tight end. So um, I, I, I have him above the refs because of his age, because of his potential. And I look for him to be be one of the next great tight end superstars. in the league. Yeah, when you talk about physical freaks, and, and if you guys didn't see the wide receiver breakdown, make sure you go check that one out too because that was a great conversation that I had with Coach Bruce about the wide receivers and if you listen to my breakdown of the wide receivers one of the biggest things for me personally when it comes to this position or like just fantasy football in general is the unicorns the outliers the game breakers if you will Tyreek Hill he's a game breaker he's just such a special talent that you can't really account for him in real life football and that just gives him such an advantage that he can produce extremely highly in fantasy football as well and Kyle Pitts is definitely one of those guys he's six foot six 246 pounds he has the frame that he could probably get up to like 260 270 pounds 
pretty easily if he really wanted to. He's 21 years old and he ran a 4-4 at being 246 pounds, six foot six. That's just an incredible production. Like those measurables are off the chart. So give me the unicorn guys who also produce when you look at his rookie season, he had 110 targets, 68 catches, uh, first tight end in like 30 years to go over a thousand yards. I get it. He had an extra game, still went over a thousand yards, hasn't been done in a long time, but he only had one touchdown. And I don't think that's going to be something that is going to continue through his career, essentially. So yeah, physical freak is definitely one way to describe Kyle Pitts. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, I, I really expect him to score a lot more this year because really he's their best option on offense. I, I don't I don't really see Cordero Patterson doing doing what he did last year. Um, and I think it's with him having Mariota and Ritter, I am a little bit worried about that, but I still think he's going to be the number one target down there. One of the things people forget about Mariota is the uh... – what was his name? Um, oh, it's it's slipping my mind. Uh, Delaney Walker, back when he was with ten, with Tennessee, Delaney Walker was very good for fantasy football. Like he was a stud with Mariota. Mariota can sustain a high end tight end, so I'm not too concerned about that. And when you're as physically freaky as Kyle Pitts is. It's just hard covering him. And that's one thing that Atlanta's been doing a lot of this offseason. And I love this strategy. Like, I'm low-key becoming a, an Atlanta fan just because of who they, they have right now. They, If you look at the tight end, they got Kyle Pitts. Physical freak right there. Yep. Number one wide receiver, Drake London. Monster of a human being. Mike Evans is the number one comp for him. He's like six foot four, 210, 25 pounds, whatever it is. He's like a DK Metcalf type of wide receiver. I don't think he's as fast probably as DK, but he's definitely that size. You got Cordero Patterson, enough said there. You know what I mean? Uh, Tyler Algier is a monster of a running back, you know, just a big dude. They brought in Brian Edwards from the, uh, from the Raiders. They are just going for like beefy physical freaks. And I just love that strategy. Like I want to see it work so bad for actual football. <laughs> so we will see. Uh, but yeah, he's definitely in a league of his own for all those reasons that we just laid out. If he's that good as a rookie, he's going to be able to just grow and expand so much more as we go along in his career. So that said, let's just jump into our tier two where we have a little bit more of a variability here. Now, there's three guys here, and the reason why we're doing these tier-based rankings is we would be happy getting any guys in this tier. Now, we might have them ranked a little bit differently within the tier. We might have preferences of these guys, but if you don't get George Kittle, I'd be more than happy getting Travis Kelsey. I would be more than happy getting Mark Andrews. So... The three guys that we actually agree on in this tier are Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, three I just mentioned. I actually have Darren Waller in this tier as well, but the three that we agree with definitely studs. Let me know, why do you think that Darren Waller doesn't belong in this tier? I, I feel mainly because of, of, the, of the weapons that Las Vegas added this year, you know, um, with having Devontae Adams, I feel he's going to garner a lot of targets. And in, and in that offense, um, I feel they're going to be very high-powered. I mean, I still think Waller's going to get his, his, uh, his due, 
but I, I don't think he's going to score as many touchdowns. I'm, you know, I'm also worried about his injuries from, from last year. And, you know, he, I, I don't feel he's going to be the number one target for Derek Carr going forward. I mean, I can see him being, being, being very easily the second, you know, um, behind Adams. But I, I just don't, I just don't see him being the number one target. And plus, he's 30 years old, having those injuries. Um, I just and I, I actually in in my uh, tiers, like he's tier three. You know, um, I mean, he's very safe, but. I just don't see him being as sustained and being as being as productive as he was in the 2020 season, especially when when he really broke out. That's a fair point, I guess. Uh, the thing with with Dow, or Darren Waller is just if you look at this system, so the the player himself. Um, first, you look at Darren Waller and what he's been able to do the last couple of years. Now. 2020, like you said, he had 146 targets. The year before that, he had 117. Last year, he had 93 targets on 11 games played. So he was definitely on pace for that 146 number. You look at the coach that they brought in. They just brought in uh, Josh McDaniels over from the Patriots. The Patriots have been known for the last long, long time to utilize the tight end position pretty heavily. So I think that Josh McDaniels is going to definitely build Darren Waller into the game plan definitely every single week um, when you got someone as special of a talent as Darren Waller. He's not a Gronk. Not very many people are. Darren Waller is not the best of the blocking tight ends, but for fantasy, I don't actually mind that too much. Foster Moreau is someone that's definitely better as a blocker on this team than Darren Waller, but Darren Waller is just such a special athlete when it comes to attacking the ball. Just like Kyle Pitts, I mean, you look at the, the measurables, Darren Waller, six foot six, 255 pounds, same exact size basically as, as Kyle Pitts. Now, I think Kyle Pitts is a little bit more explosive and a little bit better, but you know, that's what we're looking at in the realm of possibilities here. Now, you, you mentioned the weapons of Devontae Adams, you got Hunter Renfro, but other than that, you really don't have anyone else that I think is going to take a ton of targets away from this team. I mean, Josh Jacobs, Zamir White, Brandon Bolden, they're definitely going to get some of it. But if you look at Derek Carr last year, he had 626 passing attempts. I think that number definitely goes up with this new system. I mean, I don't think they're going to they're going to go more in the run game than they did last year. So let's say you have like 670 targets. I think Darren Waller can definitely still get over 100 targets this year and that's pretty safe. And when you look at the age, he's only 29 years old, you know, compared to someone like Travis Kelsey who's also in this tier. I mean, if we're going to still put Travis Kelsey up here in tier 2, who's 32 years old, you know, definitely at the the highlight of his career, you know, before he's going to fall off the cliff. I think that Darren Waller definitely deserves to be up here from what he's done in the past and what he has the potential to do this season. So that's why I have him up here, but I do understand your reasoning behind it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to add to that, like I'm like, I, I, and, and to kind of go over what I said before, you know, like it's with Adams, you know, Adams being there and it's, 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 it's just his injury history. Like, um, you know, with and and like I, I get with McDaniel's being there and they're gonna throw more. He's gonna be he's gonna be fairly active like he has been. You know, I just I just don't know if I trust 
Josh McDaniels enough with his previous head coaching experience to, <laughs> to you know, it's, it's, it's to really put things together because of how Denver went. I mean, I know he's older, he's a little bit wiser, but still he's Josh McDaniels. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So the three guys we do agree on in this tier, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, you have them ranked a little bit differently from me. You have Mark Andrews number two in this tier, followed by Travis Kelsey, followed by George Kittle. Why do you rank them that way? And and why do you like these three guys specifically so much still? Uh, I, I would say with Andrews, I, I had him at number two over Kelsey because of it's it's really because of age. Honestly, you know, um, I, I feel I feel Andrews is 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 the number one target in in the in the Ravens offense without having Hollywood there. I mean, I mean, there is Bateman still there, but I, I, I feel the past few years with. With them having Lamar Jackson there, that they've been very run centric, very tight and heavy, and they've been drafting tight end after tight end after tight end, you know, in the recent drafts, especially where where I, I, th- I think they're going to do what they've been doing the past few years, and he's been the main focal point. He, he is Lamar Jackson's safety net. Um, you know, I, I feel that way with Kelsey as well, but, you know, um, I think the big thing with Kelsey is, you know, he's 32 years old, but, you know, and, and, but, you know that's, that's the big thing for me for Kelsey is that he's older, he's going to start to wear down eventually, and, um, but... But it's hard to go against Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> That's fair. Why do you have Kittle below both of them, though? Uh, mainly because of injuries. Um, I I feel that Kittle's been injured every year. It feels like almost at at this point in in his career. Yeah. Um. You, you know. Um. I expect. I mean, I I'm I I I'm going to expect big things out of the Kyle Shanahan offense, but. But I know when um, Trey Lance was in there that, that I think his uh, targets per game went down, you know, and I, I, th- I think that's going to play a lot into his his production. You know, I still think he's going to be a very, very, very productive player. He's probably going to be one of Lance's favorite targets, probably with him and Debo. Um, but, you know, with, with injuries and with Lance running, you know, I, I feel he's going to run a lot more than obviously Jimmy G did. So, you know, I feel that's going to take away some of his opportunities. Yeah. So last year with Trey Lance, um, Trey Lance only played in weeks number uh, four, five and 17. Any anything meaningful? I mean, like one snap in week three. So we're going to disregard that one. But yeah, in week four, um, he played 50 percent of the snaps. George Kittle still had. 11 targets. So that might've come more from Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't really remember offhand, but yeah, week five, he was actually injured. Um, week six, he was injured or week six was their bye. week 17. He only had two targets. So the, the thing with that is I do understand that. And George Kittle has missed a lot of time, but the number one <laughs> catchphrase of this podcast, I feel like I say it every single episode is everyone's injury prone until they're not. And we've seen it so many times where banking on injury is just a little risky to me. So of these guys, that's why I still have George Kittle, the second in dynasty. And I have him over uh, Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey still. Um, And I have Darren Waller last in this tier, actually. But I have him one spot ahead of Mark Andrews right now just because of 
what Kittle has done on a routine basis. You know, we saw that one time for Mark Andrews so far, and I like Mark Andrews a lot, and I think that he's going to continue just like you had mentioned earlier. But if you look at Mark Andrews, you know, number five in his sophomore season, number six in his his, uh, third season, number one last year, Last year was a little bit of a unique situation with with Tyler Huntley coming in, all the injuries to the running backs, everything like that. If you look at George Kittle, even with only playing 14 out of 17 games last year, he was still the tight end number four. The dude is explosive. And I think that the good news with Trey Lance is he might be a little bit more volatile from a quarterback position. You know, uh, he's going to have a lot more errant throws probably than Jimmy Garoppolo. But Jimmy Garoppolo ended a lot of drives with untimely interceptions, right? Trey Lance is going to open this offense up a lot more. He's got a way better arm than Jimmy Garoppolo does, and his feet are going to keep defenses honest. And I think that that's going to open up George Kittle a little bit more for some bigger bombs where he definitely makes advantage of that with his yards after the catch and things like that. So um, that's why I still like George Kittle a lot. But I did have this conversation earlier this offseason if Mark Andrews goes out there and has another stellar year, and uh, I would not be shocked by that, but if George Kittle gets injured again, kind of falters a little bit with with Trey Lance, I think I would be ready to put Mark Andrews above Kittle, but I think Kittle's just done it for too long at this point to not give it to him over Mark Andrews. Yeah, and and um, um so we're... So where'd you have Kelsey in your rankings, you said? Like, did you have him at four? Yes. Yep. I have him right between Mark Andrews and Darren Waller. And same thing as you. Um, Travis Kelsey is 32 years old. Every other guy that we've talked about so far in these top five, for me at least, is under 30 years old, and he's two years past it. Tight ends generally can play uh, to an elite level longer. I mean, look at Jared Cook. He just basically retired the nfl retired him (laughs) nobody's signing him right Right. but he's 35 you know um delaney walker like we talked about earlier he played until he was like 36 like his record-breaking years with Mariota were when he was like 33 years old it seems like these older tight ends can still very easily put up very good fantasy seasons pretty routinely but yeah travis kelsey the reason why i'm a little bit lower on him but i still like him for dynasty is i think you're gonna have two years left of him that's what he has left on his contract and this year specifically he's gonna be the number one target in that offense i love juju um i like sky Moore. you know i like the running backs i'm not a big mvs fan Nicole hardman fan I, i could fade those guys but um when you look at the target delegation of this offense it's definitely gonna be travis kelsey number one and for for tight ends it's such a wasteland. Like after tier two here, it's a massive gap for me between mm. tier two and tier three. Like I like these guys so much that if I don't get one of these guys, I'm probably punting till tier three or till till tier four or tier five and taking a shot on some of those guys because it's just it sucks. Tight end sucks. We need an injection of tight ends into the NFL, and it seems like we're slowly getting there. But uh, yeah, we're not quite there yet. But 
Travis Kelsey, I think in this year is going to be an elite game breaker still. Uh, he's going to definitely be able to win people titles. And I think you got this year and one more year and then probably done. And when you're looking at a two to three year window, I think that's more than enough. So I really like Travis Kelsey still. And that's why I have him up here at number four. I just like the youth of the other guys a little bit more than Kelsey. Definitely. Uh, do you expect Kelsey to keep his run of of top two for the past six years uh, for the next couple years? I definitely could see it this year. I mean, Kyle Pitts is Kyle Pitts is the the wild card, right? Because right. if he is what everybody wants him to be, he should be the number one, right? And then right. I think that it's definitely. pretty easy for someone like the problem with these top tight ends is it's so easy for them to just interchange like look at George Kittle he was number four last year and he only played 14 games he played 17 games he could easily have pushed Travis Kelsey to number three you know so that's the, the the downside is they're all these top five guys for me at least even Darren Waller they're so good they're so used in the passing game like they get so many targets and catches and, and yards and everything touchdowns specifically uh, that that's what sets them apart. One touchdown could make or break these guys seasons, you know? So um, I would say yes, but if I had to put a bet on it, I'd probably take the field. <laughs> so that's kind of, I'm hedging a little bit there, but all right. So that's the end of our tier two. Uh, let us know in the comments why you think that Dale is wrong on not having Darren Waller <laughs> up here as an elite option. But as we jump into our tier three, a couple guys we do agree on, Dallas Goddard and TJ Hawkinson, but you have Darren Waller here in your tier three and mm -hmm. a wild card. I did not actually expect this before we were talking, <laughs> but uh, Dalton Schultz with the Cowboys. So I guess first things first, why do you like Dalton Schultz in your top 12? He's not even, spoiler alert, Dalton Schultz will not be making an appearance on this podcast for me. Oh, I don't boy. have him as a top 12. Really? Well, well, it's 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 for Dalton Schultz. Like he has Dak Prescott and and, and the Dallas Cowboys. High, well, well, I guess you can say high-powered offense is what is what everybody has been saying for the past you know, like half decade. But um, you know, I I um, just expect him to be the man in town with C.D. Lamb. You know, um, there's going to be no Amari Cooper. There's going to be no James Washington for the next like six ten weeks. What a bummer, um, on, man! On, on, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, 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 I feel so bad for James Washington. I feel he was going to be the number three guy behind, behind Lamb and Colts, but, uh, but, but it's going to be a few weeks for him to have that opportunity. So, um, um, but I feel that, um, like along with Lamb, that Schultz is Dak's blanket. You know, um, Zeke's still going to be there, and uh, Tony Pollard's still going to be there, but you know, um. Last year he had he had 19% of the target share, and I do expect that to go up. Uh, some some without Amari Cooper there, and I just feel his catch radius is so good, um, and and he's and he's and he's very much a possession receiver. I I I, I feel um, like with what I've seen, um, I am I am I am a little worried about Schultz though. If um, after this year, uh, because he is signed with Dallas and. Um, I think he signed like a $10 million contract, um, but he's going to be a free agent after this year. And I'm, I'm, I'm more worried. He's going to have like the Austin Hooper situation um, yeah, a couple years yeah. ago that, you know, that he was good with Matt Ryan and then he went to Cleveland and he disappeared. 
Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I can see that happening with Schultz, but I, I, I really feel Jerry's, Jerry's going to pay his guys and, and, and Schultz has helped help them be relevant and, and yeah, had them be, and, and had them be, so, you know, and, and, and with the great mind of, of, um, of, of Mike McCarthy there, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I honestly feel that he keeps his tight ends relevant, you know, you know, uh, that's true. Uh, he does know, like to target know. them. Yes. Yeah. 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 Like with Tunyon and I'm trying to think who we had in green Bay. Like I know it, like it's I kind of sporadic in green Bay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of, yeah. It's been sporadic. Like, but you know, I, I can see him being relevant in that offense, and, you know, yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't really, I don't really expect it to run through him like the other tight ends, you know, in, in tier one and two, but you know, I think he's going to be a big part of the passing game. So, yeah. And I understand that argument for Dalton Schultz. My biggest downside on Dalton Schultz and the reason why I don't have him top 12, I think that he's going to be very good for this season, especially for the reasons that you mentioned. He's going to be with Dak Prescott. He's the security blanket for Dak. Um, he's probably the number two option for this team but the problem is right now he's on the franchise tag and Jerry wanted to get Kyle Pitts this year or last year when they were in the draft he tried to trade for Kyle Pitts uh didn't end up ultimately doing it but it was definitely something that was rumored pretty heavily next year if you actually know the draft class that's coming out next year there are a couple of elite Kyle Pitts type of tight ends that are coming out. Um, one of them is Michael Myers, and then there's another guy. Oh, it's it's uh he's on Georgia. I forget his name. Um, Arif. Arif. Oh man, I can almost see it. You pull it up and let me know what his name is. But there's a couple of guys here that are coming up next year that are elite tight end options. I could definitely see Dallas trying it's, to just uh, it, go ahead. Uh, uh, the name of the Georgia guy is is Eric Gilbert, and then and then I believe the year after that in Georgia, there's Brock uh, Bowers. Yeah, 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 with Bowers. So, so like what? So it's it's kind of going off what you said. Like, there's going to be the next couple of years there should be kind of pits ish. Yeah, yes. kind of coming out. Yeah. Yep. So that's why I don't know necessarily because they tried to work out a deal this offseason to get him off the franchise tag and they were unsuccessful mm -hmm. in that endeavor. So I could honestly see Jerry saying that Dalton Schultz isn't a game breaker and him going after one of those guys, the Eric or um the um Michael Mayer Myers, Mayers. Uh, I don't know exactly how you know. I know everyone just calls him Michael Myers, like the Halloween killer. But, but uh, yeah, they. Uh, I could. I could definitely see him going after one of those guys instead. So if Dalton Schultz goes to another team, his value, in my opinion, is going to fall off a cliff. You look at someone like Tyler Conklin last year, right? He was very good for fantasy football. He was a pretty reliable option uh, up in Minnesota with Kirk Cousins, but he's now with the New York Jets and. It, his value is basically in the toilet just because of a team swap, you know? And I don't think that his talent got any worse, but it's just the situation got a lot worse around him. So I think the, th the same thing could happen for Dalton Schultz. So that's why I'm a little bit more out. If they had signed him to a long-term contract, I, th I think he definitely deserves to be up here. And 
just for a, a spoiler, he is my number 13 for my tight ends. He just didn't make the top 12 cut. Um, and that's the only reason why I think that he's going to be a great option for this year. But yeah, I think that the long-term question marks around him are just a little concerning for me personally. Right. All right. So Darren Waller here, he makes it into your tier three. So you talked about it a little bit earlier. You're just a little bit more worried about the potential workload and the, you know, the target, all the yeah, change, age, essentially. age, age, injury targets. Yes. All, all of those. But you still like him. You think that he's going to be a safe floor, yes. just maybe not a high ceiling. Yes. That is correct. Yep. Okay. Now the other two guys that we both agree on in this tier, Dallas Goddard and TJ Hawkinson, the only one that I'm a little bit more nervous, I, I like Dallas Goddard a lot. I really do. Mm-hmm. I think that his opportunity with Jalen Hurts, the, the biggest downside is Jalen Hurts is the question mark, right? If yeah. you look at last year, he had 76 targets, 56 catches, 830 yards, which is great. Only four touchdowns, though. There was like three or four touchdowns that were called back with uh, like an offensive line holding or something. So the variance was definitely there that it could have definitely swung him into the top five. But Dallas Goddard's someone that's been talked about for many years now. And I'm waiting for him to put it together. I think this is his year, but he is 27. He's got four years of experience. He's a big dude, 6'5, 256. I was really hoping that he'd be a free agent, but I think they, uh, they signed him to a contract this offseason, if I remember right. But yeah, I I, I believe so. Like they have, uh, he is signed until twenty twenty five. Oh man, that's I wish he would have gone somewhere else. Like he's the one of those game breaking type of tight ends that a team swap would have just done wonders for him. But yeah, that's the only downside with Goddard is definitely just the quarterback situation. I think that he's got all the talent in the world. Definitely belongs in this tier for me. The only question mark I have about TJ Hawkinson in this tier is can he actually do it you know what I mean because people have been hyping up TJ Hawkinson since he was drafted he's got three years of experience compared to Dallas Goddard's four but TJ Hawkinson I think he was the number eight overall pick in that draft class and he just has not returned that yet whatsoever now you look at his three years and i actually talked about him earlier this season go check out the podcast on one of my favorite tight end fades in the top 12 because you look at his rookie year played 12 games 16 games in his second year 12 games in his in year three which was last year he has not yet broken um okay sorry he has one year where he broke 700 yards and that's a game or the year that he played all 16 games He got number five overall tight end that year, but other than that, hasn't even broken into the top 12 either of the other two years. There's just a lot of variance with TJ Hawkinson that it makes me nervous having him this high. I want to believe in the tight end Jesus if you look at his picture over on Sleeper, but it's just really hard. It really is. Talk me into him. Well, um, well, I know Lash will... Oh, well, last year he was top six in points per game, targets, and and target share. You know, and I I, I kind of expect him to still have a lot of that in in Detroit. You know, I mean, I mean, I I mean, I know they added um, DJ Chark in the off season. My guy, DJ Chark. Yeah, yes, I, I know you're <laughs> very high on DJ Chark. I'm a little skeptical of DJ Chark because of of how I've been kind of 
kind of fooled by him in Jacksonville, <laughs> but you know, you know, I, I know that's a whole different situation down there. Um, you know, and, and then, and then in the draft, they got Jamison Williams, which I know he's going to be a huge, a huge downfield. Threat, and I, I feel that's going to open up um, Hawkinson's opportunities, you know, in the middle of the field and, and, and kind of, sh- and kind of closer to the line of scrimmage, you know, um, I, and it's, it's a problem. Kind of like what you were, uh, kind of like what you were saying with with Hawkinson is 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 the offense that they're going to run in Detroit. You know, I, I kind of feel I, I I really feel that Dan Campbell is going to kind of have that. Um, I, I'm trying to think what he said a couple of years ago. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, basically, like they're going to bite their kneecaps off. Yeah, kinda, kneecap biters. Yeah, yeah. You know, and oh, I'm so excited. By really the way, TJ, real quick. Just sorry, to cut you off. I am so excited for the hard knocks that starts next week with yes. the Lions. Oh, it's gonna be so good. It's, it's gonna be fantastic. I'm gonna, I am going to just take every DJ Chark highlight that I see throughout the whole <laughs> preseason and just post them all. I'm gonna be so unsufferable about DJ Chark. Absolutely. I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah, but um, on on that, you know, um. Um, for TJ Hawkinson, like when he was in Iowa, like uh, in college, like like I kind of feel he was more of the run blocker, yep. and uh, compared to Fant when when he was there, like I I, I kind of felt Fant was more of the pass catcher compared to Hawkinson. So you know you know like I feel they have Hawkinson doing a lot more different things than a lot of these other tight ends, um, but I still feel he's going to be great, and he has the. He's, He's going to have the opportunity to be great with having Jamison Williams there, you know, Chark there, you know, I, I, you know, um, yeah. And that's, I, I am worried about, I, well, well, I, I'm, I'm worried about the quarterback play with golf, but you know, I think he's going to be okay enough for Hawkins. Yeah. And that's the one thing with golf. I was just going to mention the nice thing about golf is he's not really the best quarterback. And when you don't have the best quarterbacks, they do like to check it down a lot, which is why, DeAndre Swift is so high in most people's rankings. And then also TJ Hawkinson is also that guy. And that's why a lot of people really like Monroe St. Brown. They're kind of all three of those guys are the underneath guys. So um, I definitely can see it. And I I am with you. I want to believe. But, yeah, I'm just I'm just so nervous for both of these guys. Really, if you look at them, you know, both of them have had top 12 finishes, but They've also definitely both finished outside of the top 12. And that that's why I mentioned earlier, it's a big drop-off from Darren Waller to Dallas Goddard for me in fantasy football. If you don't have one of those top five guys, I think that you're just kind of taking a gamble every single week, and that's why it's a little bit more risky. So, yeah, if you can get one of those top five guys, you can move Dallas Goddard or TJ Hawkinson and try and get one of those guys. I think the, the top five... They're just a lot more guaranteed in terms of production yeah. than these guys. So that's just my thoughts. But yeah, I want to believe in TJ Hawkinson. I'm just a little bit nervous about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I I I do feel that I'm more on the TJ train than you are. But you know, I I, I do I do share a lot of those worries, but I, I I I feel that Dan Campbell is 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 gonna set him up for All right. So we will find out. Definitely watch Hard Knocks next week, and we will probably see Hawkinson. We'll see DJ Chark. Might even see Jamison Williams. I'm I'm excited for Jamison Williams, but the guys that we won't see are the guys here in tier number four for both of us, and this is the last tier, the top 12 for us. 
We've got three guys, and we talked about TJ Hawkinson back in Iowa. We got his teammate here. Both of us have Noah Fant in our top 12. Uh, the other guy we agree on is Pat Fryermuth with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I will say, when I was looking up pictures for Noah Fant, I was really disappointed because this is the only Seattle Seahawks picture of Noah Fant, <laughs> and it's the worst picture out of all of these. I was so disappointed. But I, w- I wanted to do him justice and show his new team. Uh, everyone was so excited for Noah Fant with Russell Wilson. Then we found out he was part of that <laughs> trade. But uh, the last guy we do agree upon is Cole Komet with the Chicago Bears. Now, the differences we have in this tier, you have Albert Ogwebanam with the Denver Broncos. What could have been Noah Fant over there? And then I've got Hunter Henry and I've got Irv Smith Jr. with the Minnesota Vikings. Hunter Henry with the New England Patriots. And now the three we agree on, I want to touch on those three first. Now with Cole Komet, I'm sure you're with me. The biggest thing with Cole Komet, it's year three for him. Year three is typically when tight ends tend to break out based on past data, right? We've seen some of these guys do it a little bit earlier, like Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts, but generally it takes tight ends about three years. So Cole Komet going into year three, he's like, the number two option for this entire team in the passing game, similar to some of the guys we talked about earlier, this offense is going to have to run through Cole Komet. They have some of the worst wide receivers in the NFL on the Chicago Bears this team. Yeah, yeah. uh, It's it's for the Bears. Like I, like I feel they have have probably the worst wide receiver room that I've seen in years, and it's horrendously bad <laughs> they're just waiting they're trying to tank so they can get jackson smith and Jigbud next year that's what they're right right <laughs> try and pair him up with uh justin fields fields that yeah. actually not be i i mean i don't hate it personally but you know we'll see what they do they're gonna have so much money next year the chicago bears oh my goodness mm-hmm. they have like i think it's like 130 or 150 million already in salary cap oh. for next year they're like number one by 60 70 million <laughs> Like it's crazy. They're they're gonna have so much money to buy whoever they want next year, and then they're just right. gonna have a high draft pick, obviously. So I'm very interested to see what they do next year. I'm 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 liking the Bears a little bit long term. I like what they're setting up, but we'll see if they can pull it off. But Cole Komet with this team, I think that it's a year three breakout, and we've seen the steps, we've seen what he can kind of do, we've seen flashes of what his skill set can give us, but we haven't seen a full season of it. And that's why I'm excited for him this year. I want to see what he can do. Um, I mean, last year he did finish as the number 21 overall tight end. But if you look at his game log, he was definitely, it was like a tale of two halves um, before the bye in week 10 was Middle of the road after the bye, definitely got a lot more targets, a lot more catches. Didn't have a single touchdown last year, though. That's crazy for a guy that's six foot six, 260 pounds, no touchdowns. I definitely don't think that's going to continue. So, uh, Matt Nagy, as everyone knows, was not the favorite for for the Chicago Bears. I I am so thankful Matt Nagy is gone. I, I, I mean, I'm. I'm very biased with any Ohio State player. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, un, 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 unfortunately, I am, and I really feel that Matt Nagy did Justin Fields a huge, a huge, huge disservice last year with with the team he put around him. It was, you know, capital B A D, bad, bad, bad. And I feel it's just going to get better with Matt Eberflus there. 
We'll um, see. And I feel, yeah, I mean, I, I feel, I, I don't think it can get any worse than how he looked last year with Matt Nagy. That is fair. And the new offensive coordinator, I actually forget his name. He's coming over from the Green Bay Packers. He was their uh, quarterback's coach, I believe, because Nathaniel Hackett was the, the OC who went over to Denver. Um, but their quarterback's coach, the guy that uh, Aaron Rodgers absolutely loved, I forget what his name is off the top of my head, but he was talking about how he would follow that guy to the ends of the earth. He's actually their offensive coordinator now for the Bears. And that's what I think is going to be very interesting to see what they can do over here. And another reason why I'm kind of nervous about the the Green Bay Packers this year, but we won't get on them. So, (laughs) all right. So Cole Komet, we do agree on him. Definitely love him. He is someone that I could definitely see vaulting up a tier um, of all these guys. The rest of them, I don't think that there's much mobility upwards for these guys, but yeah, I'm very excited to see Cole Komet and if he can jump up into the Tier 3, maybe even Tier 2, depending on how he develops here over the next couple of years. Uh, next guy we have in agreement here is Pat Fryermuth with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, Pat Fryermuth last year had a very good finish, but he's someone that's a little bit riskier, in my opinion, in this tier mostly because of the quarterback situation and also the fact that he had seven touchdowns as a rookie, which I think is very outlandish. Uh, I don't think that's going to continue. So I'm a little nervous about Pat Fryermuth, but you know how the Pittsburgh Steelers are. They love the, they like their tight ends. They're pretty good at identifying them. Pat Fryermuth, I believe if it wasn't for Kyle Pitts last year, would have been the number one tight end prospect in that draft class. So uh, he's definitely a very talented guy from Penn State. Um, but yeah, there's definitely some risk around him as well. Mitch Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, Kenny Pickett. does Pick your poison here. I don't know if any of these guys are going to be very good quarterbacks for the actual fantasy landscape. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. You know, and, 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 and to speak on Pat Fryermuth, like if Pitts was not in the draft, you know, I, 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 I kind of view Pat kind of as like Mike, Mike Gesicki, like he's one of those physical freaks that that came out of Penn State, you know, and you know he's he's very athletic, he's very good after the catch, you know, and 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 like we've been saying, you know, I'm I'm just worried about his quarterback play. With I mean, I I I feel that Mitch would be fine with him, but I'm more worried about like Kenny Pickett, you know. I kind of feel he's gonna be <laughs> yeah, Kenny Pickett, he, man. He, 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 no, you know, I'm not. I'm not big on Pickett. You know, and and plus, with their offensive line is is not as talented as it's been in years past. So yep. you know, you know, I, I feel it's going to be a struggle for a few years for the Pittsburgh Steelers' offense to kind of be more stable. I, I kind of feel they're going to be hit or miss. Yeah. And, you so know, you know, you know, we'll we'll and, and plus on that, like they just signed um, Johnson to a two year deal. So Deontay you know, I, Johnson, I yeah, Pats, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I will say the whole the whole Kenny Pickett thing is just hilarious to me. Like people, man, someone put out there that it's kind of concerning on Twitter that it's concerning that Kenny Pickett is the number three quarterback at this point in camp. And a lot of the responses are, oh, but it's only week one. You know, he's a rookie, blah, blah, blah. People forget Kenny Pickett was a five year starter in college. Five years 
There's guys that come out after three years, right? And you say, oh, they don't really have a ton of experience. You look at someone like Trey Lance, who had one year as a starter. Kyler Murray, one year as a starter. Kenny Pickett had five years. So what what should that give you when you come into an NFL team? You should be better. You should be more experienced. You've been around football longer. You should not be worse than guys. Like, it's crazy to me. Him and Mason, Mason Rudolph has one year of more playing time than Kenny Pickett total. You know, he's been in the NFL a little bit longer. But, man, Kenny Pickett was the worst pick I've ever seen from the Pittsburgh Steelers. They are going to regret that pick so badly. Oh, my goodness. But... They cannot identify quarterbacks. They can identify wide receivers and tight ends, but they cannot identify quarterbacks. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. But we'll see what they can do. Pat Fryermuth definitely has some risk with him. I do agree with that, and we'll see what they can do. I think that with the long-term prospects, I think Chase Claypool is definitely gone after this year, though. I agree. And I think that George Pickens is a dude. I really like George Pickens, but Deontay Johnson – offer something a little bit different. I think that in the red zone, it's going to be more of the George Pickens, Pat Fryermuth show for this team. Najee Harris, of course, where that's not really Deontay Johnson's game. So I think that Pat Fryermuth is someone that might be reliable in the touchdown department. And that's why I kind of like him long-term. And again, he's only 23 years old. So there is that. The last guy we do agree upon is Noah Fant. Now with the Seattle Seahawks and Drew Locke uh, stays with Drew Locke this year. Um, <laughs> Poor <unless> they, <laughs> Yeah. So the the biggest question is whether or not they end up getting Jimmy Garoppolo right when he gets cut from the 49ers. Do you think that they're, he's going to come over here or not? Um, I it, I mean I mean if I was Seattle I would do that, but I'm not ever really sure what Pete Carroll's going to. <laughs> That's fair. That is fair. Now, Noah Fant, the reason why I think that he's safe here, one, he's 24 years old. Two, like you mentioned in Iowa, and like we mentioned with some of the guys up above, Darren Waller, Travis Kelsey, um, even TJ, well, not TJ Hawkinson, but, you know, Kyle Pitts, they're not the best of the blockers, right? They're more of a pass catcher, route running type of tight end. They can block. It's not like they can't do it, but they just excel more in the wide receiver area of the of the position, right? And I think that Noah Fant is definitely the best of this tier of just route running tight ends. He's he's got three years of experience coming out of Iowa, same year as as TJ Hawkinson, both first round picks. I think he was like pick number 20, if I remember right. Yeah, it was either 2021 or yeah, around that. Yeah. Yep. And then Noah Fant last year, I mean, other than his rookie season where he finished his tight end 17, he has been a top 12 the last two seasons. Now, he hasn't been the best for fantasy the last couple of years, but, you know, he averaged 90 targets and 93 targets the last couple of years, about 62 and 68 catches. He's pretty consistent there. I think the biggest upside for him is he's going to be able to break more yardage this year because of guys like DK Metcalf, uh, because of guys like Tyler Lockett, they're going to be much more dangerous in this offense than someone like Cortland Sutton has missed a couple years. So he hasn't really had that much time with Noah Fant, Jerry Judy. We haven't seen it just yet. And when you're talking about those guys, everyone loves Russell Wilson because of those two guys, right? Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. 
But when you compare them to the guys in Seattle, I think that both guys in Seattle are just upgrades. Tyler Lockett is a little bit better of a Jerry Judy. DK Metcalf is a better Corlin Sutton. So they're going to open this offense up for Noah Fant to utilize more of that. And when you look at Pete Carroll, he's going to want to run the ball a ton. So maybe that eats into the volume. But we can see from the last couple of years, Noah Fant hasn't been a high volume type of tight end and he's still been able to get top 12 done now top 12 there's a reason why he's tier four here it doesn't necessarily mean that he's winning your weeks but i think that he's good enough at that point i agree with that you know um i mean i i i've i've been harping on this point a lot but like with injuries with fan you know he he is often injured so you know i'm i'm worried if he's going to stay on the field and plus and 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 plus with him not being the blocker uh, you know, have, having the blocking prowess as other tight ends, you know, I'm I'm just worried that he may not be on the field as much as other tight ends. Yeah, and that's where if you look at his game logs, he he's kind of like one of those guys like a Julio Jones who's been banged up a lot, but he actually plays mm-hmm. through it, you know. So there is that side of it um, because he's only missed he missed one game last year and then one game the year before, but that's a that's about it. So he's played through everything, but he is one of those guys that shows up on the injury report. It feels like every week, you know. So uh, I, I get it. I definitely get it. You know, and 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 for the future of Fant, I I do like because I feel he's going to get a quarterback that's not named Drew Locke. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, you know, I I just feel so bad for him because, well, I mean, I, well, it, it's for Locke coming out of college. I I really liked him, but he's shown that he really can't. And I don't feel Geno Smith is any better either. So, you know, um, I mean, I mean, I feel they're going to be in the sweepstakes for a for a high end quarterback in in. in <laughs> but can in the draft Pete action. tank? That's the <laughs> can he tank? I I I I I think he's I I kind of think he's on his way out. I at, at least for coaching, at least coaching wise. You know, I I can see him staying in the front office, but. You know, I think coaching wise, I think he's out of there. I think they're going to be a more pass friendly off compared to very run heavy, very, very big sets. And I think the biggest problem with that, and that's one thing that a lot of fantasy people don't take into account is the real life situations that kind of go on behind the scenes. Seattle Seahawks are up for sale. <laughs> I think their owner yeah. passed away, if I if I remember correctly, right? So they're kind of going I, through the whole. I believe so, yeah. They're going through the whole process of working on getting this team up for sale, just like the Broncos just got sold to the Walmart family. They are going to get sold, and when they do get sold, I think that Pete Carroll's gone. I think that the uh, John Schneider, I think that's their GM. He's yeah. going to be gone as well. I think it's going to be a whole new regime. So they're both going to be treading water. And I think that Noah Fant is someone that is going to outlast that from a talent standpoint. Yes. So that's why I do like that as well. Definitely. All right. So let's talk about your guy here, Albert O. Why yep, yep. is Albert O? We have not seen anything from him. How is he a top 12 dynasty tight end? Yeah. Um, Mr. Unlimited. So, so uh, <laughs> Russell Wilson is is going to make him relevant, and and I feel that he he played enough. I mean, he played well enough last year with Fant out to be be seen as someone who has potential. 
Um, I mean, I, I do have him, you know, I, I, ha- I have him 12th on this list because, because of all the past catchers that, that, you know, it's the Judy's, it's the Cortland Sutton's. Um, I mean, it was the, it's Tim Patrick, it Tim Patrick's, Rest in peace. you know, I know, I know. I, I, I feel so bad for Tim Patrick because I really expected him to have a good year this year. Yeah. You know, and, you know, and then, and then Hamler's in that offense, you know, but I mean, I, I, it is loaded. I really do expect it is very <laughs> loaded, but, but I mean, I, I, I see him as the, as the tighted one on that team. And he, and you know, I don't think he's going to share a lot of the reps, you know, with the, which I don't even know who their second string tight end is. The second string is, so this is my point why I do not like Alberto. I don't uh-huh. like him as even a top 24 personally. And that's because of the, the backup guy, the number two guy, is the rookie Greg Dolchich. Um, he came out of where did he come out of? He came out of UCLA. The biggest thing with Dolchich is he is a physical freak. He's six foot three, two forty five. He ran like a six or no, sorry, he ran a four three six. I think forty. Like it was flying for two hundred forty five pounds. So. He's a very, and that's most of the tight ends in this year's draft class. Um, Jelani Woods, uh, there's another one that was up there too. They're just really, really fast guys. So um, Dolchich, his biggest downside coming out of college was he was an Evan Ingram, a Kyle Pitts. He wasn't the best blocker, right? We've mm-hmm. talked about those guys a little bit here. And that's why I like him. A little bit more, uh, but he is a rookie, like you said. I think this year could definitely be Albert O's year, but long term, I'm definitely buying in way more to the, the Greg Dolchitz side. But we will see. Russell Wilson can definitely make Ogwebanam somebody worth talking about. So I like you taking your shot here. Um, it's a risky shot for sure, but again, when you get to down <laughs> to number twelve. All these guys are kind of a shot in the dark. It, yeah, no, I, I I do agree with that. It's it's very slim pickings once you get past <laughs> the top five guys, it feels like. Yep. All right, so the two I'll talk about for my guys, and you can tell me why you don't like them, but Hunter Henry with the New England Patriots and Irv Smith with the, uh, with the Minnesota Vikings. Now, Hunter Henry, we saw what he did last year, nine touchdowns. Not necessarily the most repeatable, but when you look at the New England offense in the system, um, he played 17 games for the first time, and he played a full season for the first time in his career last year. They paid him a lot of money to be the guy. They paid a lot of money to Jonu Smith, who was supposed to be the guy as well, but ended up not being the guy. I just don't know if enough has changed for this offense. I know that we did lose Josh McDaniels, but... I think that the offense is still not the most deadly that it's going to take a lot away from Hunter Henry. Uh, we saw the connection that that Mac Jones had with Hunter Henry last year. That's the reason why he had nine touchdowns. You know, he didn't have a ton of yards. He had a lot of yards after the catch. He was able to break off some long runs. So I like Hunter Henry for that reason alone. Again, we've seen what New England has done many, many years in this whole scheme and i think that hunter henry just fits it perfectly i was super excited when they signed him but uh they also signed john smith and i was like well this is weird so you know but i can understand why why bill wants to and i just don't think that there's enough weapons on this offense to take away from hunter henry 
for a top 12 guy. Now, Hunter Henry probably will be a little bit streaky, kind of like what he was last year. But mm-hmm. when you look at last year, if you look at his games and his his fancy finishes, right? I mean, you look at it, and this is t- two-point tight end premium that I'm looking at, so it, it inflates things a little bit, so take that into account. But um, 9, 8, 13, 17, 25, 12, 12, 5, 11, 23. You know, the back half of the season was definitely better after Mac Jones started to get a lot more comfortable with this offense and the team. So, you know, I think that... uh as we get more experience with Mac Jones, he's going to just be able to build a better rapport with Hunter Henry. So what are your thoughts on Hunter Henry? Uh, I, I do like Hunter Henry. You know, I, I just don't, I, I, I just feel he's too streaky to be in the, in the top 12. And, you know, you know, like I know all of what you said is true. Like he's going to have a good rapport with Mac Jones, but you know, I, I just, I don't, I don't, I just don't really like the Patriots. Here. I mean, <laughs> I will. I'll be honest. Oh, you know, coming I'm, from I, the Dolphins fan, big yeah, surprise. <laughs> I know. I'm I'm shocked too. But you know, you know, uh, you know, in 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 the in in Boston, like they got a lot of a lot of different players that they've gotten in the past couple of years. Like with um, you know have, having Kendrick Bourne there. Like they have. Um, Devontae Parker that they traded for, yeah, Nelson I, I, Aguilar. I, yeah, yeah, I'm very excited about Parker this year. You know, um, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I honestly am. I feel he's going to be Max number one. He right? was through week Personally. one of training camp. Personally, you know, yeah, but that's week. <laughs> you know, which, 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 which is hit or miss. But you know, um, I'm with Hunter Henry. Like, I feel he's the tight end to have in that offense. But I just. I I'm I'm just worried who's going to lead the offense. You know I you know like I've been hearing murmurs it's going to be uh, Bill Belichick running. Which, it's actually Matt Patricia, <laughs> which oh, doesn't Matt, give me confidence at all. Right, right. So you know I'm I I don't feel good about that. I don't feel good about any of those any of those guys. You know ha- have having having the offense side of the ball. You know. Honestly, I would not hate it if we brought brought back Bill O'Brien to this offense. Like I would prefer I him over Matt Patricia. But oh well. Yeah, it's it's one thousand percent. But you know, you know, I'm just not big on Henry long term, especially. You know, I I I, I mean I, I can see him doing well the, the next year or so, but I think after that, I think I think he's just gonna kind of be too streaky to be in the top. Fair enough. I think that after we get the injection of some of the upcoming classes that we've talked about, he's someone that could definitely fall out for me um, when you get some of that elite talent in there. But you also got to take into account Travis Kelsey is getting a little bit older. He could fall off here. Uh, Darren Waller could fall out. So, you know, maybe Hunter Henry sticks around. We'll see. But yeah, there's a lot of guys coming up. So I, I would not be shocked if Hunter Henry in the long term falls out. But for now, I think that he's still value that high but yeah i can see the arguments against him is is a little bit more streaky the other guy i do have up here though is going to be irv smith with the minnesota vikings now the biggest thing with irv smith that i did not realize now irv smith is a little bit of a smaller guy uh you and i were actually at the combine and got to watch irv smith live which was pretty awesome but coming out of alabama six foot two 240 pounds you know 
three years of experience, but he missed all of last year with the unfortunate injury. Already injured his finger this year and is missing all of training camp. Should be back for week one, but... The biggest upside for Irv Smith that I that I saw was he's only 23 years old. That is very young for the the tight end landscape. When you look at a lot of these guys, Hunter Henry 27, Cole Komet, Cole Komet is even 24. I think he's older than Irv Smith. Pat Fryermuth is about the same age. Um, Darren Waller, all those top guys except for Kyle Pitts, they're all much older, 26, 27 years old or higher. 23 at tight end means that he's probably just now fully maturing into a like a grown man's body. Like he's actually filled out now for the first time in his career. Now, we got to see him stay healthy for sure, but yes. when you look at this offense, man, it is there's so much opportunity here for him, especially with someone like Kirk Cousins. And they signed Kirk Cousins to an extension. They got him for a couple more years. I know the the comments from the GM were not the the most uh <laughs> reliable but you know yeah but i think that kirk cousins is a good enough quarterback that we're going to see a definite step forward with the new coaching staff here you got justin jefferson adam thielen is going into age 32 i don't like adam thielen if you've listened to me at all this offseason i'm not a big adam thielen guy kj osborne someone that's kind of interesting but he's he's a 25 year old sophomore player. Like it's not the most exciting guy there. Um, Amir Smith, Marset, it's just not a very deep wide receiver room, which when you got a smaller guy like Irv Smith, I think that there's a lot of opportunity for him to eat up a lot of work in the passing game. And we know that Kirk cousins likes to throw to the tight end position. He's done it for many, many years. And I think there's a lot of potential opportunity Irv Smith is one of those guys that I could see coming out here and just having a baller year and making a jump up that everyone remembers where he is. He's kind of like a post-hype sleeper right now. If you remember last offseason, everyone was talking up Irv Smith until the injury, and then he got injured, unfortunately, and he's fallen off so many people's radars like completely. I think that this year he could jump back on there for a lot of people. Yeah, uh, I, I do agree with those points. You know, I'm I'm just worried that he's that he's – He's never really done it in it is my thing. So um, that's why I had him off. And, you know, um, I'm to kind of add to your points. Like he is going to take a lot of targets that were given to Kyle Rudolph, you know, um, and, and I feel he's going to be a red zone threat, but it's just, if he can stay healthy, if, if he can do it, you know, I, 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 you know, it's, it's for Irv. I'm, I'm more worried about the hype. It's it's the hype around him, and I kind of feel it. I kind kind of feel it's like OJ Howard esque in, in a way. You know, it's 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 for him having all the potential and all the opportunity, but you know whether he can't stay healthy or he can't you know like he can't just catch a ball, right? Know, is is is, is going to be the biggest concern because we haven't seen him on the field in a year. Know, what, like, yeah, yep, a very long time. Yep, and I get that. I he definitely needs to stay healthy for sure, but. Yeah, say, looking through all these guys, is there not a set? When you look at all these pictures, if you're watching over on YouTube, you, I've got a picture of every one of these players, and I just realized almost every one of these tight ends is in the 80s, except for Kyle Pitts. He has that sexy number eight jersey. Oh, is there anything <laughs> better than that? Oh, my goodness. 
Uh, but yeah, no, Irv Smith, like you were saying, he definitely needs to show it on the field. But I think that there is a lot of potential this year, and that's why I wanted to mention him here, and that's why I like him for the opportunity. But he's definitely going to have to prove it this year. I'm just going to buy in a little bit early and hope to get him before that 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 spike in right. value. So. Um, a couple other guys I wanted to mention here. So Dalton Schultz, like I said, is my number 13. Number 14 for me is actually Mike Gusecki with your Miami Dolphins. And uh, one of the tweets I put out this offseason was, it's going to be really funny to watch the Dynasty community next year when Mike Gusecki and Dallas – or. Uh, not Dallas Goddard, when Dalton Schultz and Mike Gusecki just swapped teams because they're both on the free agents. <laughs> they're both uh, they're both on the t- franchise tag this year, so um, yeah. they're both be free agents. And honestly, if you look at it, Dallas Goddard, or I keep saying Dallas Goddard, but Dalton Schultz fits exactly what the Miami Dolphins want from their tight end, and uh, mm-hmm. hilariously, Mike Gusecki fits exactly what Dallas wants from their tight ends. Yes. So if you did a swap, I think that it would be perfect for both teams. So... That'll be pretty interesting, but uh, but yeah, I think uh, Mike Gusecki someone just to keep your eye on. But other than that, I'm, there's not too many other guys here. You know, you got David and Joku, but it's just kind of definitely Dawson Knox is someone that is going as a top twelve. I talked about him earlier. Don't really love that at all, <laughs> to be honest with I, you. I, I don't. E- I don't either. You know, I, I don't. I don't really expect him to be a, a, a top option in Buffalo. Yeah, and that's one of those things too with the dynasty community. You got to be careful. Everyone that listens to this podcast, most people are pretty pretty aware, I think, um compared to some of the some of the communities, but there's a lot of podcasts out there that just say things, right? They don't actually think things through. They just kind of say stuff. And that's fine and all, but how can you have Dawson Knox as a top 12 tight end while also having Gabe Davis as like a wide receiver 16 right now in dynasty with Stefan Diggs as a top 12 and James Cook is like a top, I think top 24 running back purely based on targets. It doesn't add up. There's there, you know, you got to make these numbers add up somehow. And that's where projections are kind of useful, but there's no way in my mind that Dawson Knox gets enough targets and volume to pay off that top 12 potential. Like last year, the only reason he was number eight was he had nine touchdowns. Can he can he get that again? Maybe, but if Gabe Davis takes the step that everyone's taking, you know, one of those two has to be wrong, right? Gabe Davis or Dawson Knox has to be wrong. Which is it going to be? You tell me. Right. Well. Well. And 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 on that too, like uh, Diggs only had like I think four touchdowns last year. I think is what is what he had. You know. You know. And I do expect that to go up this year. Um, yeah, no, on, he on, had no. Know. He had ten touchdowns last year. Isn't that crazy? Diggs did. Yeah. Diggs did? Really? Really? Yes. Really? Yep. I thought he. I thought he barely had any left. I guess no, he had ten touchdowns. That's crazy. Yeah. I did not realize he had that many touchdowns. So I just pulled it up I, either. I did. I did not either. Well, I will, <laughs> I'm. I'm just going to take whatever I said back. So, but <laughs> we talked on. We talked on this a little bit with uh, Coach on the wide receiver episode. But Diggs is someone that I could definitely be wrong on. I have a little bit of a sinking feeling about him as well. But yeah, they, he's someone that was sneakily extremely good last year and again i think that he's gonna he he'll probably continue that route um but yeah dawson knox is just someone that i'm not super thrilled on personally so um so that's about it now just recapping our tiers here 
before we get out of here. Your number one, both of our number one solo guy is Kyle Pitts. Number two, we had three guys the same, Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle. I have Darren Waller up there for the reasons I talked about earlier. I think that he's just a little bit more safe. Um, he has a little bit higher of a ceiling based on this offense, but I can understand the risks that come with him as well. Tier three for me is Dallas Goddard and TJ Hawkinson. You had Darren Waller in your tier as long as as well as those two guys and Dal- uh, Dalton Schultz. I don't know why Dal- Dalton and Dallas. <laughs> I'm just I'm screwing those ones up royally here today. But Dalton Schultz with the Dallas Cowboys, you like him. You think that uh, they're going to get something done. You believe in Jerry. That's always a risky proposition. I I, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Then tier four for both of us is going to be Pat Fryermuth, Noah Fant, Cole Komet. You have Albert O up here. You think that he's going to make a big leap here with Mr. Limited Russell Wilson. And uh, I have Hunter Henry and Irv Smith. So, it's these are our top guys and again when you're looking at these tiers Kyle Pitts is in a tier of his own tier two for both of us I think is a pretty big drop off between tier two and tier three like you could almost call tier three number tier number four for both of us that's how big of a gap it is you know but you know just following chronological order it's the next tier for both of us but that's how big the gap is in there so it, let us know what your thoughts are on these tiers, who we missed, who we forgot over on Twitter, over on YouTube. Like I said earlier, if you're watching on YouTube, please leave a comment on the video, like subscribe to the video it just helps the podcast and the unknown YouTube algorithm that nobody seems to understand. Uh, or if you're listening, wherever you're listening, Spotify, Apple, Google, anything like that. Please be sure to just leave a comment, leave a good review on the podcast. It just helps. There anything else you want to throw to before we get out of here? Uh, I well, I I would think the only thing I got is, is to watch out in the desert this year with Ertz and McBride. I guess. Hey, yeah, we didn't talk about them, but no. yeah, there's some uh, there's definitely some value there that could be sleeping under the radar there. So. No, that's a good shout before we get out of here. I want to thank Dale for coming on and just thank you. Yeah, and we are going to be doing more of these podcasts. Let Dale know how he did on Twitter. Like I said, give him a follow, shoot him some confidence. I know he was a little nervous about this one. I'm going to, I'm going to publicly shame him a little bit here, give him a little bit of embarrassment, but he was a little nervous about this podcast. So let him know how good he did over on Twitter. And thank you guys so much for listening. Good night.